Exodus chapter 2, I'll read verses 1 to 22 for us. Exodus chapter 2. Hear now the word of God. Now, a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And when the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. And he looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? And he answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. And when they came home to their father, Ruel, he said, How is it that you have come home so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and even drew water for us and watered the flock. And he said to his daughters, Then where is he? Why have you left the man? I have seven daughters, and there aren't a lot of great men around. Right? <laughs> Call him that, we may eat, that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this gift. We thank you for the gift of this story, the, the incredible, miraculous story of your commitment to your people. 
Uh, We thank You for the gift of this time where we can pause and consider the story that You've given to us. Where we can pause and work to hear Your voice. Would You help us to do that this morning? Would You help us to hear Your voice? Would You give us more than just an interest in this story? Would You give us a longing to hear from You to know that You speak to us, that You are with us, that You are present and at work in us as we consider Your Word. We ask for the work of Your Holy Spirit to open our ears, to open our eyes, to open our hearts, to change us. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You need a hero. That is central to the message of the book of Exodus. You need a hero. Now we as a culture have a very complicated relationship with heroes. I read a review recently of the, of the new movie Guardians of the Galaxy. And the reviewer made the point that you can see Americans' complicated relationship with heroes in the changes, the transformations of our hero stories, our hero movies and books. We bounce all over the place from noble to silly, uh, from dark and morally ambiguous to sarcastic and well-meaning and sincere. We go from the dark night to a raccoon who likes to blow stuff up. We're confused about our heroes, and that is not only in the realm of the imagination. We look to politicians who are corrupt. We look to intellectuals who plagiarize. Uh, We look to religious leaders who are hypocrites. Uh, We look to parents who harm instead of protect. It's enough to make you want to give up on the idea of heroism, isn't it? So easy to become cynical. But But Exodus will not let us give up on the idea. Exodus says to us again and again, No, you need a hero. And more specifically, you need a Moses. You need Moses, or at least a leader like him. You can find this message here in chapter 2 of Exodus. Uh, Here in this chapter, we have the origin movie of our hero. We have the origin story of Moses. And I want us to consider this chapter together this morning. And I want to ask two questions. Why do we need a hero like Moses? And how do we find one? Why and how? First of all, why do we need a hero like Moses? Two reasons. First of all, we need a hero like Moses because we need someone who can identify with us. Moses' origin story unfolds in three stages in this chapter. We have Moses as a baby. We have Moses as an adult in Egypt, and Moses as an adult in the desert, in the wilderness. And in each of these stages, Moses is connected, he is associated with God's people, the family of Abraham. And he is associated especially with their suffering, with their oppression. So stage one, where is Moses the baby? He's in the Nile River with the rest of the Jewish baby boys at the top, right? And even though he is taken out of the Nile River by an Egyptian, where does she send him? 
Where does he spend his infancy? Not with the Egyptians, but with the Hebrews and with his family. He's being associated with God's people. He is not disconnected from the family of Abraham. He is connected to them and to their plight. Second stage of his origin story. Moses could have remained comfortably Egyptian with the untold wealth, one of the probably the wealthiest society of that time, and he belonged to one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest family in the world of that time. He could have remained comfortably Egyptian, but what does he do? He identifies with the oppression of his people. He steps in between the oppressor and the oppressed. And once again, Pharaoh is after his life. And he flees to the desert just as Israel will flee to the desert when they are running from Pharaoh. Third stage of Moses' origin story. He goes to the, de- to the desert. He finds a family. And he finds a wife. And God gives him the fertility that is characteristic of God's people, right? And he has a son. And he names his son Gershon. Which means what? Sojourner in a strange land. You see what Moses is saying? He's saying, whether I am in Midian or whether I am in Egypt, I belong somewhere else. I belong to the family of Abraham, even in their oppression, even in their pain, even in their suffering. The way that this story is told is to show us that that by birth and choice, Moses identifies with the family of Abraham and with their plight. And I want to remind you, like we said last week, even though most of us in this room will not suffer to the extremes that the people of Israel suffered, we still are in the middle of the same conflict that they were in the middle of. We still live in the tension between God's vision for life and the opposition to that vision, and so we need a hero like Moses. We need someone who can identify with our struggle, who can identify with our pain. But that's not enough. Someone like us is not enough. That doesn't change anything. And so the second reason we need a hero like Moses is we need someone who can not only identify with our suffering, but someone who can anticipate something better. Again, Moses' story in three stages. And in every stage, he not only is identified with God's people, but he anticipates something better. So after his birth, and after it comes to the point where his family realizes they cannot hide him anymore, his mother puts him in a basket. That word for basket is used one other time in the Bible. One and only other time in the Bible, Genesis 6. It is used to describe the ship that rescues and protects Noah and his family from the judgment of the worldwide flood. Moses anticipating something better, a rescue. After his mother puts him in the ark, where does she place him? She places him in the Nile, but more specifically than that, she places him in the reeds of the Nile. And he is rescued from those reeds. Now that word, the word read, is used in the book of Exodus later in the story. Maybe you remember it 
Israel is running from Egypt and they are trapped between Moses' army and a body of water. And we call that body of water the Red Sea, but that is a mistranslation. It is not the Red Sea, it is the Reed Sea. And so God rescues Israel from the reeds just as Moses was rescued from the reeds of the Nile River. Moses' life, he is anticipating something better. He is anticipating rescue. It's in His name I drew Him out of the water. Second stage of his life, Moses not only steps in between the oppressor and the oppressed, but he fights against the oppressor and defeats him. Third stage, we find Moses fighting again against oppression. These young women trying to get to water, which was their lifeline in the desert, are being pushed away by other shepherds. And what does Moses do? He steps up, he stands up, and he fights against oppression and brings this family to life, brings this family to the water that they needed. And so notice the progression of Moses' story. He is rescued from water, and he rescues to water. It's one of the main storylines of the book of Exodus. God rescues His people from water, and He rescues them to the life-giving water, even in the desert. Moses anticipates something better. Every stage of his origin story says there is change coming. Transformation is possible. Yes, I, I identify with your suffering, but I also anticipate rescue. Life instead of death. We need a hero who can do that for us. And why is Moses able to do that? Why, what makes Moses so special? That he is able to identify with the suffering of God's people and anticipate the transformation of that suffering. The transformation of death into life. Why is Moses, why, why can he play this unique role in the story. There's a little detail in verse 1 that we usually blow past. And it gives Moses a tribal identity. It says Moses is born into what family? The family of Abraham, but more specifically, one tribe of the family of Abraham, the family of Levi. Some of you might remember that in the Old Testament, the family of Levi is special because they play the role of priests in the people of God. They are the ones who help the people of God be connected to God. They stand as mediators between God and His people. So not surprising then that Moses marries into a priest family, right? At the end of the story, he, apparently the people of Midian worship God at this time, and Moses marries into the family that helps them do that. What's the point? Moses can play the unique role of identifying and anticipating because he is uniquely connected to God. Moses plays this role because he is uniquely connected to God. He reaches a hand into the suffering of God's people and he points a finger to the power and the promises of one who is more powerful than Pharaoh more powerful than Egypt. That's why Moses' actions here are all actions that are ascribed to God later. 
So Moses sees the burdens of God's people. End of chapter 2, God sees the burdens of His people and acts. Moses strikes the Egyptian. Chapter 12, God strikes the Egyptian. Same word. Moses saved the daughters of the priests of Midian. Chapter 14, God saves the people of Israel. We need a hero like Moses because we need someone who can connect us uniquely to God. We need someone who can point us outside of ourselves to a power, to promises that are beyond our ability. We need someone who, connect, who can connect us to God, who can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That is the role of a biblical hero like Moses. It is someone to take us outside of ourselves to the power and to the grace of God. Now some of us bristle at that because we would rather have sufficient internal resources. We would rather be able to handle life on our own. We would rather be able to rescue ourselves than have to look to someone else to rescue us. We would rather our intellect and abilities and networks and ingenuity be strong enough, sufficient enough to make life work. And so we would rather someone who affirms us and tells us everything is going to be okay. That may be what we want but that is not what we need. Thursday afternoon, around four in the afternoon, I looked down and I realized I had massive brown stains all over the front of my shirt. And I also realized that they were coffee stains, which made me then realize that I, had, I did drink coffee way earlier in the day, so I had walked around all day with massive brown stains on my shirt. Because I'm classy like that. What did I need on Thursday? Did I need someone to say, hey, Jonathan, look at good. No, I needed someone to say, man, you have stains on your shirt. You need to change. That is what we all most deeply need. We need someone outside of ourselves who does not despise our stains, our needs, but who says to us, I want to do something better for you. I want to call you to something better. I want to do something that you cannot do for yourself, that you cannot see for yourself. That's what a hero like Moses does for us. He draws us out of ourselves to the power of God to a power that does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That's our need. But maybe you've noticed this morning, Moses is not here. Right? So second question. If we need a hero like Moses, how do we find one? And to answer that question, we have to realize that there are some problems with Moses. While he does anticipate rescue, he is inadequate to fully accomplish that. 
So, so notice, he does fight against the oppressor, and he defeats one Egyptian. But then what happens? He runs, scared for his life, into the desert. And notice that even as he does fight against the oppressor, he is rejected by the people whom he's trying to save. Right? Verse 14, who are you? Who are you to be a prince for us? Who are you to be a judge for us? This is not judge in black robes. This is judge as in warrior judge, someone who will rescue us. Who are you to do that? The people with whom Moses was identified, whom he was trying to save, reject his attempts to rescue him. And that will be a consistent theme throughout his life. And if you follow the story even beyond chapter 2, you'll find that Moses does rescue the people. He does take them out of Egypt, but then what happens? He takes them into the desert and he dies there. Unable to lead them into the promised land. Moses anticipates rescue, but he is inadequate to fully accomplish it. Why? Why, in God's plan, is Moses inadequate? Well, because Moses not only anticipates rescue, he anticipates a better rescuer. He anticipates a better hero. In the New Testament, the book of Hebrews says to us, hey, Moses, he was great. But you know what? Jesus, he was that and better. He was that and better. Jesus is the better hero. He is the better rescuer. Hebrews says that Moses was a servant in the house of God. Jesus is the son of the house. Moses was born into a priestly family and he served as a mediator between God and his people. But Jesus is the final high priest. The ultimate mediator. The ultimate one who is uniquely able to connect us to God. Why? Because he's not only born into a priestly family, but he himself is God, become a man. Able to step into our suffering and into our pain and have a hand there, but also have a hand to heaven, to God's throne, to connect us to God's power and his promises. Jesus is the better hero. That's the point of Moses' inadequacy. Think about the connections between Moses and Jesus. Moses was born in a tragic situation where Jewish baby boys were being murdered by a tyrant. What happens when Jesus is born? Do you remember King Herod? Here's that there is a new king in town, and what does he start doing? He starts murdering Jewish baby boys. Moses enters into the suffering of his people. How is Jesus known? The man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Moses was rejected by the people whom he was trying to save. If you know even a little bit about the life of Jesus, that should sound very familiar. Those whom Jesus came to save reject Him. And it leads Him to the cross. And on the cross, Jesus didn't survive the Nile. 
Jesus didn't survive the murderous rage of Pharaoh. Jesus fully bore the opposition to God and God's vision for life, and it took him all the way to death. He not only entered our suffering, but he went all the way to death for us. And then he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead to lead a greater rescue. Not a rescue from a temporary political power, but to lead the rescue from the slavery to sin and death. Jesus accomplishes what Moses can only anticipate. Jesus accomplishes what only Moses can anticipate. So, where will you look for a hero this week? Where will you look for rescue? Because listen, you will look somewhere. You will look to someone. All of us this coming week, we will experience the pain of the conflict between God's vision for life and the opposition to that vision. All of us will experience that pain and you will go somewhere with that pain. You, to, you will go to someone with that pain. Maybe you will cope with entertainment or some other distraction. Maybe you'll numb it with a substance, with food or drink or something else. Maybe you will try to hand that pain off to someone else to a relationship, to look to the affection, to look to the attention of someone else who can just a little bit take the pain from you, give you the release that you're looking for. Maybe you'll try to pretend that you can deal with it by working harder, putting in a little bit more effort. And all those heroes will fail you. All of those heroes are more inadequate than Moses was. So, maybe, maybe you will look to someone else. Maybe you will look to the rescuer that is better than Moses. The rescuer who is better than Moses. Maybe you will look to the one who suffered for you, who suffers with you, to the One who can lead you from death into life. Maybe you will look to Him. Because listen, you need a hero. We need a hero. This city needs a hero. This world needs a hero. And God has given to us His Son, Jesus. So let's look to Him in faith. Let's pray.